This is Hacking the Afterlife podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. Happy New Year, Jennifer. Happy New Year, Richard. Here we are with the... Uh, <laughs> you're having some uh, a glass of wine, and I'm having a glass of coffee. Um, say again. I, well, to the, to the listeners, I had a little bit of a headache. Privilege problems. This is New Year's Day. It's actually, I want to start off with Richard messed up. Yesterday, we were supposed to do our podcast. Richard decided to not turn his phone on and thought it was New Year's Day that we were doing it. And for the whole reason why I didn't want it on New Year's Day was because I thought maybe I might have a headache. I had a little bit of a headache. But again, privilege problems, too much champagne, caviar. And- champagne and caviar dreams. I love that. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it was really goofy about four. And a little bit of chocolate. <laughs> oh, I like that. It was about four o'clock. I I picked up my phone and it was buzzing. And I looked down and I was like, oh my gosh, what? I missed our podcast? What the heck? Anyway, you know. I'm like Richard, um, I go to my office. Silent. Silent. I'm like, I'm then I'm like, should I be looking into this? Is he in the hospital? <laughs> you know, this is what this is what happens when you have a friend like Jennifer. Never missed they, that before. Like, yeah, they can spot where you are. <laughs> they can spot what hospital you're in and call the ambulance and get them over. Anyway, can suffice to say, we missed yesterday, but here we are today on the new year. So we're going to do a combined. Wow. Uh, Yesterday was one, two, three, one, two, three. Today it's one, two, three, four. And when I got your message this this morning, it was one, two, three, four in the afternoon when I set up our Zoom call. Anyways, Jennifer, how are you? Happy New Year. And so today's show, I think a little bit of a wrap up of the unbelievable events of last year. And a little bit of looking forward into the events of the coming year. Too bad you don't believe in predictions. I do. (laughs) It's true. It's too bad. Here's what I believe about predictions. And people have heard me blab about this. It's just that people like Jennifer, they have access. Well, especially Jennifer. She has access to a taller building than the rest of us. So when you ask somebody, like, what's the weather like? And but because she's talking to people on the flip side, she has a different perspective. She can see likely outcomes. She can tell you there's storm clouds on the horizon. However, as we know about weather, sometimes yeah. it changes, you know, and plus that she said many and times inter- and she's interpreting. Go ahead. It's interpretation. It's interpretation. So that has a that has a lot to do with a lot of things when looking at the future or looking at possible outcomes, you know, exactly. um, it doesn't and always, you know, what I get doesn't always mean how it's going to not only how it's going to turn out, but it could be, you know, I might feel something so strongly about somebody, but it might, whatever happens, whatever I think is going to happen might happen to their loved one or to their husband or to their wife, not to them. You know, that's happened. a few. Right. Times. It's like it's like you're getting a sensation or a frequency of something that's about to happen. And there's also this other weird thing that we've learned, which is people are on, sign up for a lifetime to learn things and to experience things. And if they know what the outcome is going to be, it's like knowing how the play is going to end. And it kind of ruins the learning or lesson of the play. So by asking, right. like, you know, am I going to be with this person you know, et cetera, et cetera, you're skipping ahead and yeah. you're supposed to. I would never, and I don't do anything that's going to interfere unless I see imminent danger, which my daughter reminded me like when she had a gym, you know, she took gymnastics when she was younger and just the woman at the desk, she, we were talking and she's just like, I'm super excited to go with my boyfriend up to wherever. And I'm like, Ooh, I saw something awful happening. And I told her, I said, please, I think it's wonderful that you're going, but if there's ever, you know, he's kind of hot tempered, right? And she goes, I'm like, you know, I explained to her what, she, what I did for work. So I would never just read someone. And so I told her, I just said, if there's ever, like, if you ever feel like, for instance, he might get angry or something, I need you to just run. Like, just don't try to talk him out of it or don't try to just, you know, just kind of run away kind of thing. You know, we kind of joked about it. Two weeks later, she comes to me and she says, I am so grateful. She goes, I was upset at first, but I'm so grateful you said that because we got in a fight 
and you told me to run. And when I started to run, he went and got his gun. I mean, that's how quick, boom. But she goes, you told me to run. And she goes, I wouldn't have ran. If you didn't say that to me, she goes, I would have stayed there trying to talk it out with him. And she goes, and God knows what would have happened. You know? Wow. So, but I'm only saying this in the context of just imminent danger. Like I don't predict deaths. I don't predict because everybody dies. Right. And we don't, you know, yeah, I had right. some of this. Well, there's I also have, that weird thing that we've learned, which is nobody dies because right. you go back I home. Had, I had someone this morning reach out to me and just ask me, he's like, his dad was in hospice. And he's like, how much more time do I have? And I kind of gauged it and told him what I thought, you know, that is another situation that has, they have to be in like they're in hospice kind of thing. Yeah. Like, it's the only time I'll give them, you know, information, but anyway. Well, I just, I, it's a fact because we talk a little bit about process to talk to your own loved ones. If you sort of bypass the filters, the way Jennifer's filters just don't seem to be there. Everybody can bypass their filters and dreams. We've talked about this, like thinking of your loved one and asking for them to come to you in a dream. And sometimes that works. Um, by the way, I've gotten a number of comments on Quora, our hacking the afterlife forum, where people talk about that is that has worked for them. Where they, you know, report like we we took your advice, and Jennifer said, you know, you know, imagine a dream, and and they've come forward and told me this new information that they're okay, that et cetera, et cetera. You should do this, you should do that. It's a weird way of having a conversation with a loved one, but while you're asleep, your filters, the things that block our awareness, just don't seem to be functioning. So yeah. I got an unusual, I got an yeah, unusual video. Okay, real fast, the last thing I wanted to say was this is the first time I've ever used meditation to get rid of my headache. <laughs> and it got rid of it this morning. I did a meditation. I'm like, wow, I actually do feel better because I said, no, we're not doing it. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I know, I know, I know. Well, what was the meditation, if you don't mind me asking? It was just a guided heart meditation with Dr. Joe Dispenza. So I just listened to that. And for whatever reason, it helped. All right. It. Well, let me let me say, first of all, I, I did get a, an unusual video on from somebody on Quora, which we might talk about, but I want to leave this up to Luana, our friend on the flip side. Luana, Happy New Year. I know for you, it's a little bit different and maybe not. I don't know. We're celebrating you, but I just felt her going like this. Whew. Hold on. Meaning like survive the year or what? We survived the year. <laughs> Another another year gone by in the books. Uh, Lou, do you have Luana is our friend on the flip side who passed away in 1996. She moderates a class of people, group of people who come and want to talk to us just the way Jennifer helps people talk to the other side. Luana does the same thing and helps people on the other side talk to us. So we give her the guest list of where just came in. Okay, Michael Newton. Yes. And we call him Morton because the first time he showed up, Jennifer said to me, your friend Morton is here. And I was like, who's Morton? And then she went, you know, the guy you made the documentary about. And I went, oh, Michael Newton. So ever since then, he teases her by saying, it's Morton. She reminded me of the solar flares and the, the connection to, like, we need to probably tackle that. We had an earthquake this morning, too. That's true. And there was great. one in Tokyo uh, or in Japan yesterday. And Sherry has okay. done some research into that. And she pointed out to me that when there's these solar flares, so it was an X4, one of the biggest ever yesterday. Um, and that was the same with the Fukushima quake. And then originally we looked it up and it said, no, there's no connection. And then today I looked it up and it said, sure enough, last July, they did a real scientific study. It turns out there is a connection. And people tend to lose it. When there's solar flares, people are a little bit on edge. They there's just kind of wacky things that go on when solar flares hit. You yeah. have to really check yourself. Morton came back. Oh, I'm sorry, Michael Newton. Please, what do you want? Go ahead, sir. 2024 is going to be a better year for communication, but not the way that we think. Um, it has to do with like so when the solar flares hit. If I'm getting this right, the solar flares hit. It disrupts the electric magnetic field, correct? So there's like, he's showing me like time, time and space, people jumping around in time and space. It's going to be easier for that to happen. Um, well, in his field, he would be talking to people on the other side. 
So you're saying that the communication will be easier, like the veil will be thinner? There is no more veil. He's just showing me it's gone. It's almost like the membrane in the head. Like he's showing like, because I asked him like, is was was there ever a veil or was that just our mind putting up the walls to protect ourselves in theory? Um, and he said there was a veil. It deals with a lot of things. I'm like, does it deal with the Earth's atmosphere? And then he's showing me, yeah, because there's sometimes where I feel very connected, like I have them right here. There's other times they're right here, but it's they're they still feel far away. So he's showing me like the different things that happen around Earth. So it, yeah, I can understand that as well. Does that okay. make sense? And what you're saying, Michael, in the, the coming year, it'll be more more people report talking to people on the other side. Is that what you mean? There'll be more access or people will be talking about it way more you just told me aliens that's funny aliens he just said that okay well let's ask you about that michael um does that have to do with the video well it has to do with uh what i've been yes no yes no i will talk about the video in a second but i have been working on a book uh i think i mentioned it before because somebody <laughs> referenced it in a note but it's about it's talking to people off-planet who are normally incarnated on other planets and what they what they have to say and so people in there in the book divine councils in the afterlife a number of council members are from other planets right the person seeing them just says i i've never seen anybody that looks like this before but they look like this and so i ask them questions like who are you what are you doing here how did you come to serve on this person's council you know, these are wise beings that are serving at the behest of these people that I'm talking to. So, Michael, what do you want us to weigh in about that? What do you want to talk about aliens or ETs or talking to people off planet, if anything? They're making fun of me. They're like, everyone's technically an alien by definition. But he said, I'm like, but they're making fun of me. Like I'm a big alien. Apparently I'm one of the biggest aliens that's walking around. <laughs> and does he mean because we all choose to incarnate here from somewhere else that we're all aliens? Is that what he means? Correct. You were tapping your nose. Okay. Um, and how many different versions of aliens, let's call it that, are Tri on the, sorry? Conceivable. Trillions. Trillions. Okay, yeah. there's trillions out there. How about on the planet Earth? I mean, people that we know walking around. Is there a predominant group that comes here or? Three. Three? Yeah, three. All right. Do you want to talk about that, Michael? What are the three or? Oh. Humans. And then he showed me the water, so. People you know. from water planets, perhaps? Or like dolphins and oh, oh people uh, animals in the water i so you're saying that they may have incarnated on another planet that was a water planet is that correct because that has shown up where people are remembering lifetimes and a planet where they were underwater but you're saying some of the animals that are underwater now does it matter what size they are or they you know whether it's an octopus i mean what would be a predominant species just pop one into jennifer's mind he just showed me that the octopus is basically the kings and queens of the water. Okay, interesting. Because the they have, you know, they have eight brains, and they do more with eight brains in one year of life than we do with one brain with eighty years of life. You know, shape shifting, turning into other, you know, colors, all that stuff. All right, that's fascinating. Uh, so, Michael, and have you and the livestock that's on Earth? So, and the livestock. Yeah, so the animals that are, on, you know, the animals, the humans, and then the amphibians. The, the water-based people, for, for individuals. Okay, so what you're saying, Michael, is that generally, and correct me if I'm wrong, generally those three groups incarnate on other places as well as Earth. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, that's fascinating. And is that something we can focus on or talk to or investigate or or is it a value it would take us forever and there's no way you could oh well first of all you'd have to believe that you could talk to them so it's gonna wipe out 99.9 percent <laughs> of the of the audience yeah that's right true. it's like when you talk to animals jennifer you can do it but but it'd be 
yeah, and I have never opened up the conversation. So what planet did you come from? Or like, Yeah, that's right. But, you know, let's not forget that we have spoken to dolphins because somebody reminded me that we had an inter interview with the dolphin. We have spoken to animals, certainly Hyra and dogs and, you know, other animal cats. And, and I've had conversations with people who are under hypnosis or doing guided meditation where they access a, an animal and then I ask them to ask the animal questions. So it's fascinating how simple that seems to be. But I guess somebody would really have to sit down and really work on that kind of a overall conversation. But why do you bring it up, Michael? What have you come here to tell us? You've shown me you that you've really opened up your mind, especially in your dream state. Like your dreams, he said, are just, he says your dreams, everybody wants to get into your dreams. Like they're a lot of fun, apparently. <laughs> well, yeah. it's interesting. I must, I mean, look, to, to, to qualify what he's saying, I've had some really unusual dreams where I, because I'm a writer, director, film guy, I've come to the realization that our dreams are crafted and that we we don't think of them that way. But at the end of the dream, as I'm waking up, I stop the dream and I say, OK, now I want to thank you people for participating in my dream. And then That's they a big thing. That's a and big thing. they look at me like, oh, my God, you're aware that we're actors. And then that has moved on into I've had conversations with some of the actors. So why did you behave that way during a dream? And then they tell me you asked me to or. I think that's your next book, Richard. <laughs> well, and also this is where this is where it really gets interesting. And I think, and this is my observation, that even when people have a near-death experience where they do they experience like one to three percent of near-death experiences are hellish or dark or whatever, scary. When they when they examine them later on, they dissolve, you know, because you ask them like who was there and what did they look like and then they go, Oh, I I realize I constructed this. But here's the the kicker for me. They're actors. Yeah. That the people that you're in your hellish dream of where hell might be, you, if you freeze it and say, now, how did you come to be here? They oh, my gosh. Our dream state is our hell. That's where hell is. <laughs> well. So, but so, you're conscious, right? Yeah. So our conscious is unruly. That's where we hold things. Fear. Absolutely fear. Kind of makes sense. It does. It does. It's almost like we have to go through our subconscious to, to get over to the flip side to get back home. And for, and some of us stop in these way stations of like these creations because no two details match. There's never the same person right. in anybody's hellish memory. It's like, oh, I saw a guy and he had these horns, you know, but whatever, different. Anyway. Okay, Michael, back to you. Not no. no the chills. Just give me a second. I want to find out what they're saying. No, they're like, don't get the wrong interpretation to put oh. dreams with hell because people need to dream. Good oh, point. Okay. okay, yeah. Well, that's a pejorative, but the right. hell might be a, a of the dream of an experience that you're putting. You cast it. Is my point. You're casting the actors that are in the dream. Is that correct? Hell, hell is everything you should be getting rid of, they're saying. Hold on. Richard, you're always going to pick the craziest actors. I'll wait. Okay. All right. I, I can accept that. But sometimes people tell me that they had a dream where they saw me in their dream. So I must be able to play as an actor in somebody else's dream. You see what I'm saying? It's not me consciously, but my higher self. But I also think too, like I have a girlfriend right now that she's been in my dream the last couple of nights about her, and it has to do with her birthday. Hmm. And, and of course it's very wonky. It's, you know, like she, I was in charge of the balloons and she didn't want small balloons. She wanted a whole big like stuff that I couldn't bring, you know, it's kind of funny and it has nothing. So I told her, I said, Hey, and she's like, oh, my gosh, I've been trying to figure out my birthday. It's always a big deal. Like, I've been trying to figure out my birthday and whatever. What. So she's been thinking about it. And somehow my subconscious got intertwined with it. And I ended up dreaming about it. Or your so, higher self agreed to participate in that that working it out thing. That's what I mean. That you really were there working it out. The higher one portion of you. I'm just right. saying. Anyway, that's possible. Um. Meditation is the best way to dream because you get rid of a lot of stuff that you normally have in your dream state during state. That's why it's so important to meditate. 
Thank oh, you. interesting. Because yeah. it's focused. You know, you're not. It just showed me it being very clean. Like your meditation is very clean where it's focused your brain. Like they're showing me all the places that light up with your brain. Whereas your dream state, you're just like. Like <laughs> a pinball. Almost- it's almost like you're just a glutton for punishment. Like you're just waiting to be, you know, ransacked. <laughs> yeah. Or chased or, or whatever, right. but like a pinball on a pinball machine, you're bouncing around, but in a meditative state, you're actually directing where the ball is going to go. I'm going to bounce off this. I'm going to move over to here. It's a different form of going to the same locales, just willfully. Just to, yeah. They're, they're showing me too. Like I've done some cases where I go, I go to sleep and all of a sudden I get all the information for this particular case and it ends up being right. You know, my dream state isn't too far off from my meditative state because I'm, my meditative state is also my heart rate. You know, my variable heart rate doesn't is the same as it is at work. Like it doesn't move my heart. So my dream. Yeah. They're just showing me that mine's just a little bit. I'm very unique. Mine's a little different. So formally. Go ahead, Michael. I'm sorry I interrupted you. What did you want to talk about in terms of, uh, is there anything about the research or, or what you're doing or how you're doing? or? They're very excited. It's almost like they're rolling out a whole new program over there. So hold on. Like a Michael Newton Institute. on like the top Everybody's side. invited. Everyone's invited for this new program. That's the whole reason why. They're helping people out in their dreams. And give me a second. Not the dreams that you, when you go to sleep, but the dreams of the future. So when you dream or when you meditate, you you can also, like with a, you know, with a guided meditation, bring back the feelings from that electromagnetic field, the one that's, you know, past the void, that there's nothing that we've talked about with dark matter. We've talked about how all, every, all the information is over there. We've said that years ago, right? And now they're starting to put that together. Okay. Stay with me, Richard. <laughs> they, what he's saying is that, they're helping, which they, I believe they have been, they've been, they help us with their dreams because they make coincidences, coincidences happen. So they're what the greatest gift that they have been given is they're outside of time. So if we have a clear intention of what we want, they're able to help us because they're outside of time, making those things happen at the times that they should happen congruently, like at our, with our system. Interesting. They say it's almost for their Oh, that's so interesting. It's almost because it helps them. By them helping us, it makes us believe if things start happening, it makes us a little bit more open, right? Mm-hmm. Turns makes it easier for them to talk to us and for us to believe that they're talking to us. To make that communication happen. Yeah. It's fascinating because, you know, you think about just in terms of the last couple thousand years on the planet, let's just allow, um, you know, a lot of this stuff was sort of murky and mysterious. And now here we are talking about it on a daily basis, weekly basis, whatever it is, not just us, but people all over the world. And they're accessing these things and it's it's allowing them on the flip side. It heals people, truth sets people free on both sides of the veil. So it's allowing them, there is no veil, but that's it's, a, yeah, yeah, you're, you're tapping your nose and that's. And we said, we said that like five years ago. I'm like, there is, there's not going to be a veil. People are going to be able to see it more. And I even told my friends this. I'm like, they're going to be able to see, you guys are going to see way more things than you've ever seen before. It's not just, you know, I might've seen things, you know, since I was a little kid, floating, yeah. but people are now it's much more common. People are talking about it more. You wrote a book about Jesus for goodness sakes. Like people are open. <laughs> Yeah. conversations about this where they were so closed before no it's true i would have been burnt at the stake by now but yes even in quora on our forum i noticed there's like a, a rise in people reporting or feeling free enough to report like you know my husband came to me last night and he said exactly this you know just what i heard you and jennifer talking about everything's going to be okay this was all for a reason etc cetera, etc cetera. and more and more people are, are getting that and they're positive things. They are. But the other thing is the there's more empaths on the planet too that are getting depressed because they're picking up what's happening with the planet. So I see. So they, they pick up those frequencies and because they can't process them, they don't uh-huh. have a clue. They just feel depressed about it. I, you know, and they're, of course, 
it is a topic that comes up quite often you know people leaving the planet early and and you know it's a you know it's a shame to even have to talk about it but people do they can't figure out why things are happening to them where they feel bad about it so I don't know. I think it's important that um, we talk about this stuff, though, especially around this time of year, you know, which is everything's going to be okay. That's what they say consistently. Everything's going to be okay. We we can stress over it or we can sort of focus on the things that we like and love and 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 try to help those people. And again, they're also bringing to my attention that um, everything we think, you know, they're showing me everything we think everything we believe in and put our you know put our attention towards is going to happen like so if we believe that we're not going to get something i mean you have to be in alignment with it so again hear me out like i was afraid because i have this fear about stuff happening this year out of our control whether it's natural disasters or whether it's and i'm not saying that that's the case yeah when i started right when i i channeled this morning just to see what's going on for new year's um i do this every year and i was getting there like if you think bad things are going to happen you you're going to find the bad things that are happening if you focus on the good things maybe that can elevate the things that are bad like focus on the differences you can make focus on what you can do instead of trying to control what's completely out of control right which is beyond your control way beyond my control um the fact that i even think i have control is insane to me <laughs> um hold on oh people need to remember and they need to know that they are deeply loved deeply loved by the other side and so luana was showing me like we're all just a bunch of school kids here and they get so excited for our wins. Like when the coincidences happen, thank you. When the coincidences happen, they get like points over there. They're like, yeah, that means that everything. <laughs> I win. <laughs> I win. Right. <laughs> they just wish that everyone here knew that one, everything's going to be okay. Like you said, everything's going to be okay. Even if they feel that they're not, even though they might not feel like they're okay. Very well said. So Luana, I appreciate bringing a Michael in and Michael, thank you so much. I have to thank you for all the stuff that uh, you like opened up my windows to. And there's a film hacking the afterlife. Uh, you know, there's excerpts of our talk and then flip side, of course, was my interview with you, which I don't know, 16 years ago, but you told me at the time, this is my last filmed interview. So I really appreciate you walking us through the door and showing up to me and Jennifer, and which is in the film Hacking the Afterlife. You he just said goes, the person that got that to happen earned so many points over there because of that looking like that. That's how you and I found each other. That's how this whole class thing, like everything. That's, that's true. And that's because of Michael. So yeah. what a wonderful thing to show up on New Year's Day, you know, just to uh, remind us. <laughs> <laughs> his influence on our lives, which is really amazing. And he likes to name Morton. He said people over there are calling him Morton. <laughs> That's pretty funny. But Luana, I'm going to turn to you. Is there anybody on your guest list that you wanted us to talk to? It's been a couple of weeks. You said the movie or the whatever you were wanting to talk about. Oh, oh okay. The, okay. This movie thing. All right. Now I'm, I'm going to ask for Jen. Okay. This is just an experiment. Jennifer doesn't know what I'm talking about. Um, there's only one person on the planet will know what I'm talking about. And there's only one person off the planet who will know what I'm talking about. So the person that I want to ask a question to, his name is Dwayne. Okay. And Luana, does is this the per does Dwayne want to come forward and talk to us? That's the question. It's funny because Wayne Dyer came again. So. Well, this is with a D, so the D no. way. Yeah. Hold on. He came earlier though. Yeah, he wants to come through. Okay. So Dwayne, my question for you is um what do you want to talk about? Let's start there. Who was there to greet you when you crossed over? I'll let you let the audience know that. Dwayne is no longer on the planet. And did you meet Dwayne once? I I have not met Dwayne, but his wife reached out to me. 
Okay, hold on. Okay, so it was a contact thing. Hold on. There was something about two kids. That's correct. He has two boys. Okay. Felt like boys. Hold on. And he had four in his family. Um. It feels like four or six, like in his family, before he had his family. Hold on. I don't know, Dwayne. I don't know his story, but I got some unusual footage from his wife that she sent to me yesterday. He says that that was him. Okay. That's the question. Now, I'm going to tell the audience what that. Just before you say anything else, just yeah. so I can. Because I, I don't know anything about the movie. We you don't. That was him. Go ahead. Um, so he said, that's me. In the he goes, and it took so much energy to get it on, to actually be captured. And he said, not just once, but it happened a few times. But I'm going to ask you about it because telling you that I've seen it and that it's uncanny. And was, there a, was there a grandchild asleep or something like that? Well, his, I think, well, here's, I'll, I'll just, I, she only sent me this footage. So I don't know what the whole incident was before and after. She did send me two clips of footage. The first clip, she sent me the wrong footage, but it served to show me that this was clearly like a camera that, that was set up in their house and something, you know, you see. It felt like a nanny cam. That's why I asked if there was a kid. A nanny cam. Okay, very good. But it was literally outside. You know, it was like one of those outside cameras over the garage looking outside. So here's what I want to ask you. And this is very specific. Dwayne. He, said he, went to, he said he went there to get something. Okay. Well, uh, Dwayne, when, when you show up and you said it was very difficult to appear, when, I'm going to use this as an example. All right. This is just, this is a, a round piece, right? And when you show up, it, it feels like you're somewhere that this is the represent, representing you. So what is in this? Is that you, all of you, or is that just a, a, a emanation of you? What is it? It's a reflection. So they get it. So it's a it, there's something with a hologram. And so with the way that he's showing me. Please. It, no, it's not all of him, but that's how they travel. Is it like an orb? You know, you, an orb. it is. And are you saying that, Jennifer, like you know what an orb is, or is he saying it's an orb? He's saying. He's it's saying. And so let me, this is why I think it's a fascinating topic because people see orbs all the time. I have, there's a guy who send me photographs. He's taken these incredible photographs of orbs where you can see something like a face of a person inside the orb. So what is inside an orb? Is this a, you said it's a reflection. Is it like a URL of who you are or some kind of a hard drive, portable hard drive? It could be one person, it could be a thousand people in Norm, he says. It's oh. like, a, show me a Merkaba. It's just the way they travel. It's the way they travel. So, it helps them be insulated between Earth, like going back and forth through atmospheres. But if you if you can, Dwayne, describe how, what what's the mental process that you take? You're off the planet, and you're now going to visit your family. Oh God, that's so funny. What? He just showed me Star Trek, like you just like them going in that little thing and then. Oh, and yeah, then... like transport, like a transporter. So, yeah, so when you like trans, that. so you're transporting to, to your family and it's not as a physical image of you, but it's more of like an orb, but it wasn't an orb. It seemed to be like a flat disc. And you'll yeah. see in the footage that that's what it looks like. And it kind of moves in a very unusual way. I watched my my son watched it with me today, and he was like, "I have no idea what that is," but it wasn't like a light bounce. It wasn't acting it like wasn't, light. Wasn't it? Wasn't the light bouncing off of another light? Correct? Yeah, but it wasn't acting like it either. You see, it was clearly right. something. That was him. It was him. Okay, very good. All right, so let's skip down, and I'll leave a link somewhere in the body of the text. Where it'll say where you I can would, watch. I would love to show you. Okay. Because I took pictures at the pier. I took pictures when the moon's out. When the moon's out and you go down to the beach, yeah. Orbs everywhere. There's orbs stuff. everywhere. Yeah. I think they're always there, but the reflection from the moon and the water. Well, let's ask Dwayne why, why, do, why are people picking up orbs with their cameras, these digital cameras? Cameras are getting better and better. That's why. 
So they're picking up frequencies they didn't used to pick up. Correct. Let me just, hold on a second. I, I want to show you, and then I'm going to send it to you so you can post it. These are, okay, moon over the pair. Okay, so I want to show you what it looks like without, without any orbs. Yeah. Okay. Now I want to show you what it looks like with the orbs. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So that was, wow. That's startling. So what's the difference between the two cam the two photographs? But I did, it's the same scene, but I, but I did the flash really fast oh. on that. And so you can see that I caught one, couple of them. Yeah. Right? And then, and it just goes, I mean, it's just kind of crazy. A little bit nutty that it's like that. Yeah, I used to, my dad and That's I were. Well, it's amazing. I mean, I think, you know, I've talked to people over the years under hypnosis who said that they see these geometric shapes. You mentioned a Merkaba. There are the uh, geometric shapes that travel around. And I've asked people what they are. And they're, it's almost like it's they're, the face. yeah, there you go. The faces, like you can well, see the eyes, I, nose right there. There's a lot of them in this little, in this little orb that, is well know. i would i always try to say look it's they're reflexive because you know if you you see one thing somebody else might see something else but the question is what's the content and what people have said is they're geometric shapes that retain memory they're like akashic libraries flying around so you can access them but in the case of Dwayne, now Dwayne, do you have any message for your wife or your two boys she could smell him and he misses her smell He's sorry that he left or that he had to go. Hold on. And he's so grateful the way that she took care of him. There's something about her, him taking care I don't know. Don't know? And it could be just like, because I feel like it was sudden the way he passed, but I feel like just the way she was for him. And there was something like maybe possibly a fight, like right before he passed, that... She needs to get rid of her guilt. Like that needs to go away. And that he loves her so much. And one of the boys cool. seemed to see him. I mean, when the boys went out and on camera, one of the little, the littler boy pointed right at the but yeah. the other boy couldn't see it, but there there he went by. Yeah. Anything for your sons? To hang in there. Like they're tough, they're tough little boys. Um, and that like, he's never gone. He's just not there. Like what you say. Yeah. Not gone. Just not here. I'm so grateful but, that he had a family like that. I only keep feeling his love and gratitude coming from him. They had a family like that, that he had so, corrected me that I have. That I have. Very good. Dwayne, thank you so much for showing up. It's funny because I got this email yesterday and and she sent me the wrong video. And so I looked at it for 15 minutes. I didn't see a thing. So interesting too about this is that I'm like, we should have client, a client, you know, or not a client, but somebody that has asked you a question to see what we could do. Yeah, right? we, we could do that. We should do that in the, in the coming year. I mean, I was thinking I'm going to probably start doing guided meditations with people. And we've talked about this for a long time. I know. But, you know, I'm going to finally officially make it a I thing. I actually said that. I think it's a thing. It's going to be like, a, so for me, I want to do guided meditation. I want to create guided meditations too. And I think it's going to be a thing in the future where people are going to go to concerts with meditations. <laughs> you know, that well, sounds crazy. Uh, uh, I, you know, I've, I'll probably do like a couple of weeks. Next five years. Yeah. You know, next five years. And I, we should talk about that. So All right. Well, we, we shall. Um, but I mean, I think it's interesting and, and maybe we should have some kind of a method where people like just for the audience tuning in, maybe for the first time or the last time, Jennifer, and I don't really do this very often where somebody asks, has a request in this case, she didn't request it, but she did send me this footage and I thought, well, let's see what, let's see what we can learn. And here we are talking to someone, neither one of us knows. She did say it afterwards, after I said to her, you know, you should see a medium, you should talk to somebody. She said, I did. And the medium was right on the money, not about this incident, but right on the money about talking to her husband. 
etc etc she's a religious person and which is great and that's given her comfort and she yeah. was kind of like saying to Dwayne you know it's okay if you have to go and do something else or whatever but they, they, they're doing a lot of things all at once because that, that's what I wrote they're not yeah. in time so remember when we talked about Matthew Perry yeah well he showed me he's like Jennifer I'm not in time I can tell so he's come, you know, he's come to me several times. And then like that afternoon, I ended up talking to somebody that knew him or he was at their wedding and blah, blah, blah. Like all those things. Well, let's like, ask Matthew. Does he have any New Year's wishes he wants to give to anybody? Excuse me, Dwayne. Matthew's going to elbow you out of the chair. He's showing me Courtney Cox and he showed me her several times before, but I never asked him about it. And he's showing me her again after you asked the question. What do you want to say to her, buddy? Just that I love her so much. I love all of my the friends, but she's taking this really hard that he's going. So what's a way that you can help her? I mean, other than us telling her, come on, snap out of it. He's fine. He's on the flip side. What he's would doing things to honor his life? It almost feels like she's gonna make a movie about him. Oh, okay. Oh, he says I wish. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> she should make a movie about it. She is, but not anytime soon. It'll probably be her daughter that makes it. That's interesting. Okay, yeah. so what's a what's something practical that somebody like her can do? And you know, this applies to everybody on the planet. What can they do that's practical so that we can know that you exist? Well, he said to go see Jennifer. <laughs> she used to come see me. Go but... see Jennifer. Okay. Well, that goes without saying, but. But that's like the springboard. I've like I am so grateful that I get to come to work. I love coming to work. And I posted something about the year end. Like every day I get, you know, every day I have stuff that I'm looking into and I'm dealing with the end of life stuff. I I didn't mean it to sound depressing or anything like that, but I love being able to connect people. And the whole reason why this is why it's come back around is because people are now able to connect with by themselves. And that's all I've ever wanted for people to do. I might bring, I might be the springboard that that puts their awareness connected to what they're already always been connected to, right? We don't just connect them. They're, they've always been connected. We just that's put right. awareness a little bit closer so it's more tangible for them. And sometimes it's just talking about how a coincidence isn't a coincidence that the music that you hear that reminds you of the loved one that's gone is them putting that soundtrack into your head or on the record player or on the radio station so you can hear them letting you know they still exist or it's 11 11 on a clock or whatever it is allow that you can learn from them on the flip side new information about what your journey is so matthew anything else buddy i mean listen i know people miss you but we also know you're hilarious and i mean they're still talking about you people they came up with this other thing about those doctors saying that your uh, the therapy you had done, the DMT was somehow involved and blah, blah, blah. And I have to tell people, look, read the autopsy. It says that that he was doing that stuff and there was some in his whatever. The point is he's talked about it. He's on the flip side. He's available. You don't have to go to his autopsy. You can actually go to him, get him That's on the cell phone. That's right. There you that it's in his own words. Ask him. So and being alone killed me. <laughs> <laughs> so Matthew, and plus you're not dead, dude. You're here. So what is it you want to tell people in the new year? Give us a new year directive, sir. Stop wasting time being hurt or being feeling worthless or feeling like you're not making a difference. Change your thoughts and your patterns and your behaviors. Do something. You guys, we have our bodies to do it. He's like, it's fun, but it's no fun up here. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just a different like, kind of fun. He says we are super entertaining to them. You can only imagine. If we're, <laughs> oh, my gosh. He's showing me my brain and how crazy it is. And he's just like, oh, that's the thing. Thanks, Matthew. And by the way, Bill Paxton, our buddy, he came up in a conversation on Quora the other day. And I was thinking about Billy. Does Billy want to give us a new year? Yeah, he showed up and I didn't know his name, so he left. No, Billy, come on back. I remember your name. No, that was before. That was. I know that was that was a couple of weeks ago, and and you you were you said like 
your friend. So, Billy, anything for the new year? What do you want to tell us? Oh, I love the way he said this. 2024, 25, 26, 27. Not 28. But these four years should be the strongest bull market of making things happen more so than ever because it's so quick. So if you're thinking bad thoughts, some bad things might happen. But if you're thinking good thoughts, if you're helping humanity, it's going to come right back to you. There's a quickening. <laughs> and then in 2028, an asteroid is going to hit the planet. We all die. <laughs> Very funny, Bill. Uh, he's kidding. Please, would you, Bill? You're kidding. Aren't you kidding? Kind of. Kind yeah. of. All right. So Rob Lowe had a medium on his podcast and she said that you were surfing. Are you doing that? Is that what's going on? Or is that just a hyperbole? He's so funny. He just quote, he quoted like fast times at Richmond High. He's like, I'm surfing the etheric wave, dude. <laughs> but um, that's but can you create surf and water and boards and absolutely and he's making me smell the taste. So that's so interesting. He's making me smell like the salt water, like the taste in your mouth, like the salt water when you're in the water. By the way, my daughter last night went in the ocean with a big group of friends, just decided to just go in the ocean for New Year's Eve. Have not seen Jaws? <laughs> oh, well, that's great, though. But we, have a, we have a vision board date after this, which I'm super excited about. Everyone should do vision boards. Everyone. You can get them online. There's a great vision board you can get online oh. on Amazon that's like 34 bucks, and it comes with everything. And I've like I bought it for all my friends. My daughter and I are going to do this after I get home. Where's my vision board? Did you did you forget my address? Okay. <laughs> no, um, I will go and get one now. I, I don't exactly. even know what that is. All right, but Bill, are you saying that we should all do a vision board? Is that what you're saying, buddy? It can't hurt. But give us a take. It's something that, so, hold on. Yeah. You put a vision board up, you're, you look at it, right? So it's constantly reinforcing what you want or what you, so those feelings that you get. So it's like, again, the thoughts are electric, go out to the electric magnetic field, the feelings are magnetic. And so if you're constantly thinking in a vision board, it gets more obtainable. I mean, seriously, I made one Makes in the, sense. I made one in March of 2020 and everything came true over the next two years of that vision board other than Australia. I didn't go to Australia, but everything, including a necklace that was given to me, that was a heart from a group of friends for my birthday. So everything like it, it was kind of nutty. Like it, okay. <laughs> so it can't, we can't hurt. And the more, okay, thank you. There's, there's also a strength in numbers. So like for my daughter and I having been able to put together the visions together, that also creates strength. More than one vision. Okay, well, Billy, I'm just going to ask you, uh, give us a taste of how do you create a surf experience on the flip side? What's the what's the mental process? It's, he showed me it's like a literal drawing board that you go to. Like, so I get together the best biologists because I want my ocean clean. I want it to be colorful. I want lots of coral. I want... Lots of fish that don't bite. <laughs> wow. You mean everybody helps like populate the, so, the um, Well, they're always trying to re oh, this is fascinating. They're always trying to re recreate how to help our planet. Like what did we do wrong where our plant our seas are dying? Or what what can we do? So even if it's out of our control. Well, that's not true. He says it's in our control, but no, no, I understand. It is in our control, but let's just say, like, go ahead. but you know, global warming—that's not completely in our, in our control, right? But what we can do about it is. And so, when he, when you ask that question, which he put in your mind to ask, <laughs> we are constantly trying to revamp how we would help the ocean. 
So scientists, doctors, like everybody gets involved in that process. It's not about the perfect wave. The perfect wave only happens in your mind. Over there, it's so much more complicated and complex to really have the perfect wave. The ocean needs to be perfect. Pristine. Pristine, clean, and no gap, like nothing ruining it. Like, you know, it's fascinating. You get, He's like, you can't have the perfect wave over there without everything else falling into line. But so do you, you create, are you creating water as a sensation, as a memory, or as a reality? All of, as a reality. As a reality. Good. We've heard people talking about creating crystal cities. We've heard Junior Seau came forward to tell us that he created football games over there, stadiums, and, and the players were like don't famous athletes. The Sorry, don't forget the golf. And we've had a number of people talking about how to, how to play golf over there. And we had Gary Shanley come through and say, you know, the tee is in Hawaii and the first course is in Tibet. And he said he was only playing two holes of golf so far because the tees were so far apart. But the idea of golfing, these are, and it's based on your memory of doing so, but also the, and Billy was a golfer. So, and he made a movie about golfing. So I'm surprised to hear he's surfing. Anyway, I guess you can do both. He's like, I'm surfing because I care about the ocean. Hmm. It's like doing a charity event kind of thing. Like, in a way i can't explain it so we want better oceans i want to be oh well he's talking what was the movie that he was in you mean uh titanic of course he had a love for the ocean thanks to james cameron like he had a love for the ocean he wants the ocean to be amazing so well what are you saying bill that when you gather all these scientists to help you create your reality of the ocean, are you actually influencing what's happening on the planet while you're doing that? Bingo. Bingo. Wow. So, so you're talking to the higher selves of scientists that are here on the planet. Is that correct? Or that might come back to all of it, both, all all of it. And so by influencing them, but do they remember Past, past, present, future? Do any of them recall dreaming? Can we just talk outside of the realm? Sure. sure. The cone of silence. Like I've always said, I'm like, okay, if we can go, if I can jump around the past, present, future, then why the F can we not like go back to the past and figure out how to save everything? Like how to make our planet not go through this or how to save the planet or whatever. And so that was, that's my your Question. issue. Can I answer that? Yeah. You I, because what I'm hearing from people on the flip side is that we, ex, when we're off planet, we experience all of the past, present, and future. We experience it that way. But in order for us to learn, we have to go in a linear fashion. We have to learn That's things. So long and boring. Well, but but here's the thing. It, it, there's another problem, which is if Jennifer wanted to go back to Jennifer in the 1500s, she'd have to get everyone to agree to go back there. You see, no if I wanted to go back to Richard, no one wants to go there. Well, in my case, you know, the, I was living in Florence and having the time of my life. If I wanted to go back there, I'd have to get everyone else to participate. It's like hurting cats. My husband, despite his family, despite having me, would go back to Tokyo for sure. He had the best uh, year of his life. But I'm just saying, in in this life, you everything's linear because you learn that way. You learn things. You can't go back and alter it. You can go back and experience it. You can go back and taste it, smell it, be tactile. Go ahead. He goes, Jennifer, you talk to us. We're outside of time. We're giving you information about it. So you still are ahead of everybody else. <laughs> We're still ahead talking to them about what we could do now. Right? That's There's- right. Yes, information. I'm not saying that. Oh, no, no, and there, but the other part of it. As we all know, there's no hierarchy. Everyone has access to this. They just have to believe it. We tend to be a little bit ahead of the time for that. Sure, no but I, I was also going to say in terms of there is something really important about being able to access your past, your past life. It's because then you can put everything in perspective about the traumas that happened. And once you examine the traumas of a previous lifetime. And it goes away. 
that goes away. And now this life is different because you've altered the past by examining it. You see, you've altered your past by examining it. Now I don't have to stress about that anymore. And that changes your future. So you can change the future by examining your past. You see? Anyway, Bill, what do you think about that? Was that uh, on the nose or, oh, you are tapping your nose. You said that you tapped before I said that. I actually didn't mean that, but there you go. That's Jennifer's way of saying yes. For those people, who I don't do it any other time other than our class because they really? show. There's it's just a quick way for them to show me that it's right on. Yeah. Ding ding ding, ding. on the nose. Um, you know, in in your career as an artist, you don't want to be on the nose. You want to be off to the side, as Bill was, often. Uh, you know, but that's what made him such a great oh, artist. He says how much he loves you. Well, that's sweet, Bill. I appreciate it. Any notes for your family? Because, you it's know. Thank you for reaching out to them, even though they might not respond. <laughs> um, you yelled at me. I told them, I told you this, Bill. I said, you know, I don't think your family wants to hear from me. And you said something like, man up or grow up or get over yourself. Just do it because I'm asking you to. What he's saying, though, too, is it's outside of time. So even though they might not appreciate you know, it now sometime will, in the yeah off planet i'll go good job dude he says he's happy for his wife i think she might have met someone or is with someone he that's adorable all i can say is i met her with you uh you know way long time when you were doing the movie aliens and uh and look it's I think it's delightful. And Luana knew you. So I think it's delightful that we can Richard have Richard Dreyfus just came in. Well, they're showing me Area 51. Is it Area 51? What's so the movie? Richard Dreyfus popped into your mind because, and this was a, this is how Jennifer and I work. It refers to the movie Close Encounters of the Third That's Kind. It. Okay. Right. And we spoke to J. Allen Hynek, the, who wrote the book Close Encounters. I mean, he wrote the Project they Blue Book. This is that's the most it almost feels like it's the most accurate hold on does jay allen want to talk to us close encounters, close encounters it's like the most accurate out of like you know between aliens and everything else that's the most accurate so who's saying that bill all of them uh, everybody the chorus is there anybody associated with that film that wants to talk to us like jay allen hynek or i don't know richard and Bill, hold on. And Jay, hold on. He said close encounters happened, not why he was dreaming, but when he was contemplating what was out there. Jay Allen Hynek. Okay. And just, and just by doing that, he received downloads that made information. Oh. Well, audience, Jennifer may not remember this, but we've spoken to him a couple of times. And he's a the guy, he was my mentor when I was in grade school. It's very strange. I know his son, Paul, but I want to ask him this question, and it's important for me, which is I've written a book about these events and adventures, and his son appears in it, and so does our interviews with J. Allen Hynek. Do you approve of this book, sir? A thousand percent, yes. Well, it's, <laughs> I'm going to have to put that on the cover of the he's book. Giving you, He's giving you the information, he says. That's a full circle. That's the only reason why we're talking right now. Is because he wanted to bring it back to that. Yeah. Very good. Because I was reading Get it out of your comfort zone. Well, I was editing it last night and I was reading this pad, this section, and I thought to myself, oh my gosh, this is really like the Rosetta Stone of talking to aliens off planet because this guy reveals everything. And in the middle of the revelation, he goes, the person I'm talking to says, he just said, I don't know if I'm supposed to be telling you this or not. Like mm -hmm. he was, a, he was afraid that the, and I acted like, oh, I already know this. That was like a trick to get him to continue to, to reveal the, the, the fascinating stuff he was saying. Anyway, I just wanted to talk to, I wanted to ask Jay Allen Hynek. No one will understand what I'm talking about until they see the book. Um, but here's somebody that I interviewed who's been off the planet for some time, and I'm asking him for permission. You know, if this is a good idea. Oh, and by the way, just so people know. I'm having wine today. It's New Year's Day. And my daughter's picking me up. She dropped me off. She's picking me up. So in case there's people out there that don't think you can do this work and have a glass of wine, like it drives me, that was another thing. It drove me crazy because 
do whatever you're comfortable with, you know, as far as like people that drink, don't drink. I think it's great. Both. I, I take time off or whatever. I'm just having a glass of wine. I think my own guilty conscience. I'm like, what? Wait, Wayne Dyer, sir, he didn't drink. What? <laughs> like, I'm like, no, be grateful. Be excited that you have the taste of wine. Like, we're lucky we get to have that. We're lucky. Well, let's we give Wayne that. Dwyer the last word for the new year. Oh, just like stop feeling guilty. That's what he told me. Stop okay. feeling. Is that for everybody or is that just Jennifer? For everyone, but especially he just. <laughs> and Wayne, what's it like for you? Because I pushed him away. Because yeah. in my mind, I feel like I can't talk to him. Excuse me. If I drink, he's like, that's absurd. It's just absolutely absurd. I think it has to do with the filters. And, you know, your filters are going to be altered, if, especially if you had a couple of... Like I said, they're going to be studying my brain. Shocker. <laughs> wine without wine to see. So what if it did help? What if it did? It took down the filters or what if... Not that I need to have that. Well, it's true of artists, many creative people, you know, over the centuries. You know, they always had to... Beethoven was a, quite a wine drinker. You know, we've talked to him. You know, other people we've talked to. It's more proud of me that I meditated my headache away this morning. That I thought Wayne, Wayne Dwyer. Oh, that's great. I didn't take Advil, nothing. He's like, why wouldn't you meditate? People don't know that that cures so many illnesses to begin uh -huh. with. But meditation, it's true. When I was done with my meditation, it was only a half hour. I felt amazing. And I'm like, oh, they really do want me to do this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I got a text from you saying, eh, okay, maybe. Um, yeah, you know what? Maybe we can box that up and sell that. The Jennifer meditation for as the aspirin meditation, whatever that is. The aspirin, just, aspirin. Give us a little highlight. What is it? What do you meditate on? What do you think about? As you said, a heart meditation or heart just putting so wherever you put your energy or wherever you put your focus, your energy follows. And so this meditation that I did, which is a a, a you know, a guided meditation with um, Dr. Joe Dispenza. It's about your heart. It's about just opening up your heart center. As you and I have said all along, which makes perfect sense, our heart is our signal to our loved ones, right? So um, during this meditation, because I saw my heart being small, we've gone over that the last podcast, I believe. Yeah. That's shock. I'm like, what? And they're like, you could do this work and have an open heart, right? So I've been really working. I've been pushing. I have pushed myself so far out of my comfort zone to be better for my clients, to be better for what I do for work. Um, I do not take it for granted at all that I have this gift or these gifts. Um, that being said, I so this meditation with what you've asked, it's literally talking to your, like, I talk to myself in third person. I sit there and I'm like, Jennifer, you have the biggest heart. You are, you, it's okay to open it. Lo, you know, I love you. Like you, if you talk to yourself because you put your energy and I can literally feel my heart pulsating, you know, and then I start thinking of all my clients that need help and guidance, all, all the people that need healing. I start putting that energy and I force that energy out to, you know, the people that are in my life that need help. Um, well, it's a little bit like Tonglen, I must say, the Tibetan meditation I'm always talking about. But it's like healing. You're 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 focusing on healing a part of you, and by right. doing that, it sort of changes the shape of the amygdala or whatever that is. And then I check in with myself, and I help. Didn't even think about my head. Didn't think about any of it. No, my, just your heart. My headache went away. So it's so fascinating. Well, you know, apparently if the heart is the thing that connects all of us, and if it, that's the engine of the universe in a weird way. Engine of the universe, for sure. <laughs> what the heck are we doing with like brain surgery? It should all be about the heart. I'm kidding. It's that in the pineal gland. The and little thing. Yeah, there that, you go. The little thing that's halfway through our head. It's not up here. We always say up here, but it's really. Well, those are, that's where the amygdala are. The, you know, whatever. Listen, we're the couple of brain surgeons. We love you, Jennifer. I think we've come to the end of our rope, haven't we? We have. Um, Happy New Year, my dear. And I just want to say thank you for your gifts and thank you for sharing them with us. And thank you for running up with me, who completely forgot about you yesterday. 
Um, and here we are today. <laughs> I, forgot. I completely blocked it. Jennifer. No, like, I'm going to show them this. No, this. no, don't show them. No, I'm yes. kidding. Yes, I just think it's so funny. She's so sweet. I got a message saying, Richard, are you alive? Are you in the hospital? <laughs> okay. Yesterday. Does today still work? <laughs> Does today still work? Look at all the messages. Now and I'm worried. Are you okay? Then he, he's just like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> tomorrow, fudge. Had <laughs> the phone ringer off. I was confused by the words New Year's Eve day. The, it's a conundrum. I, that's too much for me to process. <laughs> okay, back okay. to our audience. Listen, we love you. Thank you for tuning hey, in. I want to say one more thing. Please, I'm sorry, Lou. You have the final word. Take all of the strength that you were that held you through 2023. Roll it and throw it out to 2024. Like throw it into 2024. All the strength. Leave everything like she's shown me. Um, if I cooked, I'd know it. Oh, what is it called? When a strainer. Sorry. She showed me a strainer. Like, let all the stuff just roll off. Anything that didn't serve your highest good. Look at 2024 as a year to get in alignment with what you deserve and what you should have and what you which is all the love in the world. Because when you do, again, it goes, it goes back to the heart. When you have that love for yourself and you have that love for others, it has to bounce back to you. It has to, you know, and the more concentrated with other people that have that, the stronger the force that goes out there as well that says, thank you. She's like, it makes our job a lot easier to make coincidences happen because you're awake. And she's like, there's no more, thank you. There's no more time to like sit here and not be awake anymore. People can't undo what they know. And I think people are actually can't undo it anymore. Right. And not to mention we're going into a political year. So we need all the love and we need all the love we can muster to get through this next one. That's all so right. true. All right. Well, thank you. Wow. Well, that was so wonderful. Luana, thank you for showing up to give us that last little note. We appreciate it. Thank you, Bill Paxton. Thank you, Matthew Perry. Thank you, Michael Newton. Thank you, Dwayne. I don't even know your last name. And anybody else that I forgot? Probably. Dwayne Wayne Dwyer. Thank you very much for stopping by. And Jennifer, we love you. And we will catch you on the flip side. Here's to 2024. Bye-bye. Love, love. <laughs> This has been Hacking the Afterlife podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. For more information, jenniferschaefer.com, martinizone.com, or richmartini.com. Hacking the Afterlife documentary is available on Amazon Prime.